Voice of Whiteville. You can say that again. Cool. 103.9. Welcome to the Columbus Connection, a weekly public affairs program produced in, for, and about Columbus County, North Carolina. Now here's your host, the managing editor of Columbus County News, Jefferson Weaver. Hello, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver with WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com coming to you with the Columbus Connection. Got one of my good friends, Julie Strickland, here, and she brought Miss Jewel Fowler with her today. We're going to talk about something that's been missing for far too long now. And we're bringing back Safe Night for Kids. Yes, we are. What, how long? I mean, it's been shut down for two years now because of the pandemic? Three years, Three actually. years. Three years. I said it's been entirely too long. It like, has. How long have y'all been working on putting the event together for this year? About six weeks now, roughly. And what will folks have to look forward to? Um, so at the event, we're going to have roughly 40 booths with volunteers from throughout the county offering candy and games and things for the kids to do. Um, we have When Pigs Fly, our food truck vendor is going to be there. A haunted house, um, oh, all kinds of things. Emergency services will have the all their fire trucks, rescue there, um, just a lot of different vehicles. So I know it's always been. I don't know how many people turned out at the last one I was at, but it was amazing. Yeah, you know, how people come to this event. They had so much fun, and y'all put so much work into it. And I know the volunteers do as well, and the and the home does as well. But, yeah, it's just, it's good to see this coming back again. It's a good event. It's a good event. It's a safe place for kids to be and a good time for them to be in one place and contained. I mean, back in the the dark ages and the candle lantern ages, when I was (laughs) trick-or-treating, you could still run from house to house. A lot of parents are a little bit uncomfortable with that nowadays. Yeah, they are. And do you have, um, how many people do y'all have last time? Roughly, Jefferson, there was about 2,500 that came into the gate. 2,500? 2,500. Wow. And that wasn't including um, the ones that we didn't count. My goodness. And we have, you know, roughly 250 to 300 volunteers. Yeah. So Southeastern Community College um, brings their baseball and softball team, which is a huge help with about 60 to 75 volunteers. I mean, that's, I think a lot of people have no earthly idea how much work y'all do have to put into this thing in order to make it come off. And it come off so smoothly. That's, that's the great thing about it. I mean, everybody wants to go home with the right children and with the right number of children. <laughs> so uh, tell us some you know, times and other activities that are going on that night. Um, doors will open at 6 o'clock. The event six runs o'clock. from 6 to 8.30 on Monday night. Um, and we'll have different games, kind of carnival-style games ring tosses and things like that um, we have some folks there doing some face painting for us um, we got some the people passing out things other than just candy hand sanitizer um, information Come on, that's no fun candy's the fun part candy's the fun part but you need to clean your hands first <laughs> <laughs> but then we'll also have a few mascots walking around so kids can get photo ops with some of the local mascots in the area that's neat yeah so we'll have a lot of fun things planned so I'm hoping a lot of people kept calling y'all the years it was missing, saying, we're going to have safe night this year? We're going to have safe night this year? They have. Because they know. But we finally get to bring it back. 
that's you know that, that's just a grand thing so, i mean it's a but it's something again for the whole county it's not just lake waccamaw it's not just someone asked me if it was just for the residents of the boys and girls home and it's not it's for everybody correct this is an event for the entire county anybody can come out it's free to everyone um the events and games going on are ga- geared for folks 14 and under but everybody's welcome and everybody will enjoy it and is there any cost involved there is no cost it is completely free to attend this event that's really cool it is cool yeah, it's accessible for everyone that's that's the neat thing <laughs> And which one recommend folks get there early if they can, because I know parking fills up in a hurry based on fast events. We're going to have some folks out directing traffic for parking, but if they do want to get there and get parked and get comfortable, they can go ahead and do that. We won't open any of the gates until 6 p.m. Yeah. Now, this is not just Parks and Rec. Who all is involved in this thing? Correct. This was a team effort. So Parks and Recreation has done our part, but um, this would not have happened without the Boys and Girls Home of North Carolina, as well as the town of Lake Waccamaw. They've all played a huge role in this. Um, The arena itself is the Boys and Girls Homes Arena. Um, And then they are sponsoring some booths, and they have been a big role in getting a lot of our booth vendors and folks that are coming in to do things for us, as well as the town of Lake Waccamaw. They have really done a lot of work on the back end to get some things done. They've gotten sponsors and donations for this event as well. Now, can people still make donations? Yes, people are absolutely welcome to make donations. Um, Those will be accepted. Um, We'll have some folks at the gate, and if they would like to make donations there, they're more than welcome to do that. That was what I was wanting to wanting to kind of emphasize right there. This because there there are some folks out there who are a little grinchy sometimes, and this is not coming out of your tax your taxpayer dollars, folks. This is. This is primarily a community event. Yes, this has been a donation event. Um, A lot of the supplies have been donated for this event. And that's another reason I like to brag about it. That's a good thing for our county. A lot of good Samaritans. Yeah, that that says something good for our folks in our county. (laughs) Now, of course, nobody thinks about eating anything except candy and good stuff on on Halloween night. But I know when Pigs Fly is going to be out there. Correct. We'll have when pigs fly. We'll also have um, a gentleman out there making funnel cakes. Those are an additional cost. So if if anyone's interested in purchasing food from either of those vendors, they will need to bring um, payment to cover that. So you can still bring the family out and get dinner for a good price. Absolutely, and, they and can support a couple local businesses. They at can the same and go, time. go get some good food and have candy for dessert. Little, little shout out for our friends down there at Winpig Fly. They're some of the hardest working people I've met in a month of Sundays, and their food is good. On top of that, their food's very good. Uh, well, look, we appreciate y'all coming to be with us today. I know you're way busy right now. If y'all didn't know, we're recording this while they're make, putting the final steps onto Safe Night for Monday Night, making a great event. And we just appreciate all you know the heart and soul we all put into it every year for the kids. We appreciate you having us. We really do. And we look forward to seeing everybody out there Monday night at Lake Waccamaw Boys and Girls Home, the event center, 6 until 8.30. Safe night for kids is back. And we'll be right back with more of the Columbus Connection. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. 
Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. 800-741-5819. 800-741-5819. That's 800-741-5819. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. And welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver with ColumbusCountyNews.com and WTXY. Uh, a couple things going on lately. It made me feel good about our county the other week. We saw so many folks who came together to enjoy our county fair. Now, the committee really deserves a round of applause. They've been working on this event since the day after the gates closed last year, and it shows. County fairs were once a staple of our communities across the country. I never missed one growing up. I bet a bunch of y'all can say the same thing. But things have changed through the years. Thankfully, our fair is back and bigger than ever, and it really shows no signs of slowing down. This is a testimony to all that's good and strong about our community. Now, the Kevin Connor Memorial Run the other weekend is another example of the good in Columbus County. Kevin was a trooper, best often known by his highway patrol call sign, B551. He was shot to death October 17, 2018, during a traffic stop. A suspect in that case faces the death penalty. Now, more than 900 people turned out for the first Connor run through Whiteville. All proceeds from the run go to scholarships for high school students who want to pursue a career in law enforcement. Kevin was the third law enforcement officer I personally knew who has been killed in the line of duty. Donald Tucker was shot to death during an undercover narcotics operation in 1991. Jamie Collins died in a car crash during the pursuit of a felon in 2001. At the time I wrote this commentary... 54 law enforcement officers have been shot and killed in the line of duty this year. That's compared to 64 in all of last year, 46 in 2020, and 51 the year before that. The media reports on the Officer Down Memorial page show that there was an uptick in other types of officer deaths in 2020, some due to the pandemic, and at least some were related to the anti-police riots. Twelve officers across the country were murdered in the last few, few weeks including the off-duty Raleigh cop who tried to stop a teenage gunman in the suburb of Headingham in Raleigh. Two other cops were ambushed in Connecticut responding to a fake 911 call. In each of those cases, another officer was wounded but will survive. Now, the Raleigh mayor, in my opinion, was far too quick the other week to blame so-called gun violence for the shooting in the capital city. She spent several tearful minutes on television just a few hours after the shooting, even before the blood was dry in Headingham, she was blaming guns, whereas she couldn't be counted on for a single strong word when downtown Raleigh was in danger of burning in 2020 during the riots. The Raleigh shooter was a teenager. In Connecticut, the shooters were convicted felons who had been banned from owning firearms. The two men charged with killing a Wake County deputy earlier this year were both convicted criminals, and it's questionable if they were even in the country legally. Regarding the man who allegedly killed Kevin Connor. Well, that was Chelsea Askew's second alleged murder, by the way. Questions remain of why it took so long for the arrest to be made for that second murder, but that's a column for another day. 
None of the suspects in these shootings were legally in possession of a firearm. None of them. The only possible exception was the teenager, but state law requires that underage people have to have parental permission. I find it highly unlikely that the kid's parents gave him permission to go hunting for his neighbors. The problem isn't firearms, people. The problem is a lack of respect for the law, and that comes from politicians and poor upbringing. Yes, there are bad law enforcement officers out there who don't deserve our respect, but they are extraordinarily few and far between. I've always pushed for the maximum penalties for cops who do bad. If you're held to a higher standard, then you should fall that much farther if you violate the public trust. Same goes for politicians and bureaucrats, by the way. Now, I'm willing to bet that most of you had at least one firearm in your home. When I was growing up, we actually didn't. Not because my parents were anti-gun, but we didn't hunt, and we lived in a safe town. When the time came that I wanted to start hunting and trying competitive shooting, my parents broke me in on a BB gun, then a more powerful pellet rifle. When I showed myself responsible, I moved up to a single-barrel 12-gauge and eventually a 22 squirrel rifle. In each of those situations, however, they made sure that I had competent mentors who had never, ever let me forget the intrinsic danger and responsibilities of owning a firearm. In the wrong, irresponsible hands, a gun can be used to kill and harm another human being. Note that I said it can be used. It's a tool. So is a hammer, an axe, a hatchet, a knife, a screwdriver, a machete, a tire iron, or a chainsaw. By the way, as a reporter, I've written about all those devices being used to take another person's life. Things other than guns can kill folks. Any tool can be used for the wrong reasons. The intent to harm comes from the heart in the human, not from the weapon. There's no such thing as a gun that can decide to possess its user with the desire to hurt other people. A gun ain't going to randomly attack another human being despite what an otherwise well-educated woman informed me years ago. After learning that I carry a handgun for defense of myself and others, she refused to allow her children to even be in the same room that I was in. Now, that's her right, even if, quite honestly, I was and am far less dangerous to the general population than her preferred bartender. It may sound high-toned and ridiculous, but the founders of this country knew firsthand the weaknesses of a disarmed populace. They wanted to be sure that future generations didn't have to deal with the same challenges. Sadly, we come closer and closer to a modernized version of that tyranny today, and we voluntarily accept it, even embrace it, for the illusion of safety. And these times when hoodlums and poor lost souls are becoming even more brazen about attacking law enforcement as well as civilians, I'm strongly suspect of anyone who doesn't have a way to defend their family. Response times to 911 calls in our area have improved greatly in recent years, but there's still a lot more bad guys, too. Don't get me wrong. I cannot conceive of taking another person's life, even one many might think deserves to die. I don't want to be put in that situation. The death of another human being ain't my decision to make unless I'm on a jury or the life of another person is endangered. Again, I have no desire to hurt or kill another person, and I doubt any rational, sensible man or woman does. But if we do not support law enforcement and demand that same support from the people we elect, all the way from the local level to the White House, the day will come when the sheepdogs will give up, they'll hang up their badges and walk away, and the flock will have to defend ourselves from the wolves at the door. I don't think any of us want that. We'll be right back with more of the Columbus Connection. 
Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-605-4650. 800-605-4650. Welcome back to the Columbus Connection, everyone. This is Jefferson Weaver from ColumbusCountyNews.com and WTXY. Early voting has been gangbusters since they started October 20th. Some key races other than the now infamous sheriff's race are on the ballot, believe it or not. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not going to try to sway your vote either way. That's not my job. However, I am going to encourage you to go cast your ballot. There's absolutely no excuse anymore to miss voting. Between traditional absentees, early one-stop voting, curb service, and if you're like me, an election day traditionalist, you can cast a ballot. There's all kinds of ways to do it, folks. There's people in both parties offering rides to the polls. You can vote on Saturday, and we were even able to vote on Sunday this year for crying out loud. Now, I personally find the Sunday polls to be unnecessary. It was fairly obvious early on that Sunday polls were going to happen, however, and the first one here was a big day for the elections board. Some politicians and party organizers have intermingled their campaigns with religion to the point that they need to be a little more careful since someday we will all have to give an accounting before God and there won't be an appeal to district court over that. You may remember a few years ago when our state passed a voter ID law. It was eventually struck down by the courts even after being modified to the satisfaction of those who opposed voter ID. Now, I voted for it and given the chance, I will again. It makes sense. You cannot cash a check, open a bank account, buy a vehicle, obtain some types of medications, purchase a firearm, purchase utilities like electricity, water, and sewer, sign up for government benefits, get health insurance, get a fishing license, or do any number of other everyday activities without some form of identification. I find it difficult to believe that there's a large swath of Americans without at least one form of identification as laid down by the General Assembly. We don't have a lot of people living without electricity, even though there are more out there without a bank account than you might realize. In general, though, the vast majority of us, especially people of voting age, have some form of ID. It's inexcusable not to have something when the state will give you a special ID for free if you don't have a driver's license. And any number of groups will happily give you a ride to get said ID. What's your excuse, folks? Why is it a hindrance? to require that someone prove their identity before engaging in that most sacred of American rights, casting a ballot. Personally, I want to be dang sure nobody out there has tried to use my name to vote. The issue is not with preventing registered voters from voting, but in keeping those who would cheat the system from using someone else's name to cast a ballot. I noticed in the last election, when voter ID was a hot issue, 
Quite a few folks actually offered a driver's license, military or college card, or other ID. Some of it was confusion about the suspended law, but some, like me, were just making a point. I want to protect my vote as much as anyone else. I take steps to protect my home, my family, my pets, my health, my friends, and my other rights. Opening my wallet and showing a little plastic card is a minuscule effort compared to the steps needed to protect other God-given constitutional rights. Maybe if we get a change in the state Supreme Court, the constitutional amendment for voter identification can be brought up again. With millions of new people being welcomed into our state and the country today, and far more than you might think are coming into our area, the need for voter ID has never been more vital to the preservation of the democratic process. ID doesn't hinder your rights as a voter. It protects your right to vote by preventing other people from stealing that vote. I personally am a bit cautious of any politician, elected or otherwise, who is against an American citizen ensuring that only he or she exercises their personal rights. Thank you for being with us on the Columbus Connection. Remember, you can find us on demand on Spotify. Opinions expressed on this program don't necessarily reflect the views of our management or sponsors, but y'all are grown up enough to agree to disagree. In fact, dissenting opinions are welcome. Email me at jeffersonweaver at columbuscountynews.com and we might even read your opinion on the air. For WTXY and ColumbusCountyNews.com, this is Jefferson Lee. This has been the Columbus Connection with Jefferson Weaver. If you have a story that you want to share with us or a comment on a previous program, you can email us at ColumbusConnection at ColumbusCountyNews.com. The Columbus Connection is produced by Jones Media Partners, and the program is recorded live at the WTXY Studios in downtown Whiteville, North Carolina. Our in-studio producer is Daryl Jackson. Be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Columbus Connection. Thanks for listening. Whiteville's hometown station, Cool 103.9.